Hello, and welcome to the White's Chapel Sermon Podcast. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen to our weekly sermons. This is a quick way to enjoy or even revisit a recent message. I love this sermon series we're going to call Panic Attacks because the world we live in, there's all kind of issues before us, concerns that we have that can raise all kind of emotions in our lives. And it can be from a, a concern to a worry to anxiety to a sense of foreboding to actually having a panic attack. And when we have these emotions, we need to learn the lesson that we don't need to ignore them and just pack them inside of ourselves because if we do, they'll come out in some really unhealthy ways. Instead, when we have these kind of emotions, we need to learn how to bring them to God, deal with them creatively, and, and, and understand the truth that even in the most difficult of times, God is with us as we have sung this morning, God wants us to thrive and deepen our faith. So each week in August, we're looking at some core issues that can create panic, anxiety inside of ourselves, and turning to the scripture, and hearing what the scripture says to us to help us with these issues. So we began last week by talking about uncertainty, the unknowns of life, how do we handle that? That can cause anxiety. And today we're talking about being in a hurry. And we admit that's the world we live in. In fact, it's interesting, Pastor Todd shared an article with me recently. Scientists were doing research and they discovered that literally, actually, our world is getting more in a hurry. They were researching how long it takes for the earth to rotate each day. And on June 29th this year, we had the fastest day in recorded history. Our earth rotated 1.59 milliseconds faster than normal. Now, I have no idea. We need our math folk to tell me how much that is. I think that's kind of small, 1.59 milliseconds. And while the scientists were trying to verify it, we almost set another record. Just a few weeks ago, on July 26, the Earth turned 1.5 milliseconds faster than it normally does. And what the scientists said is, this is probably a new trend. This is the new normal. Our world is getting more and more in a hurry. But before we panic with that news, the scientists also said, there's no need for concern. We don't need to worry about it because even though it's rotating a little bit faster, when you add it all together, it's just a fraction of a second over a year. But we need to know, we don't need just scientists to tell us that our world is getting more in a hurry. We know that. The speed of life, the array of options that we face can speed us all up and keep us from experiencing the life God wants us to have. And we say that with school beginning, because with school beginning, we enter a new pace of life with all our activities with school and sports and band and, and dance. The, our routines are quicker. Their practices and games and rehearsals, and we just go a little bit faster. In fact, I was reading one mother was talking about um, how, how school changed her life and made her hurry. This was what one mother wrote. She said, I seem to always be in a hurry because you're 30 minutes late to the doctor's office, because you were 20 minutes late getting out of the bank, because you were 10 minutes late dropping the kids off at school, because the car ran out of gas two blocks from the gas station, and you forgot your wallet. And we hear that, and we can identify. When we get in a hurry... We just overlook things, we just miss things, and hurry compounds the issues that we are dealing with. So the question is, how do we, in a world of hurry, slow down a bit? 
and not miss some important things around us. So we're going to get some advice from Scripture today from the wisest man who ever lived, King Solomon. Um, many the rabbinic tradition says King Solomon wrote these words from the book of Ecclesiastes as an old man, which would have made it about 940, 930 B.C. He's an old man looking back at his life and reflecting. And this is wisdom that he has learned that he imparted really for all of us. So before we turn to our scripture, I want everybody to do something right now. Take a deep breath. Kind of shake our shoulders a bit. Let's relax. And let's hear the wisdom of King Solomon. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to turn now Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 11. Ecclesiastes 1, 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord. The words of the teacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanity, says the teacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Why do, what do people gain from all the toil at which they toil under the sun? A generation goes and a generation comes, but the earth remains forever. The sun rises and the sun goes down and hurries to the place where it rises. The wind blows to the south and goes round to the north. Round and round goes the wind, and on its circuits the wind returns. All streams run to the sea, but the sea is not full. To the place where the streams flow, there they continue to flow. All things are wearisome. More than one can express. The eye is not satisfied with seeing or the ear filled with hearing. What has been is what will be. And what has been done is what will be done. There is nothing new under the sun. Is there a thing of which it is said, see, this is new. It has already been in the ages before us. The people of long ago were not remembered, nor will there be any remembrance of people yet to come by those who come after them. Boy, we need to digest those words because there's some profound lessons about how to live life there for us. And I think when we get what Solomon is saying, it helps us not hurry quite so much and find a new way to live. So I think there are four lessons we need to learn from this passage I want us to, to think about. And the first thing he's saying is this, we need to keep a sense of perspective. When we're busy, when we're in a hurry, when we have all these details of life, what does he say? It's vanity. It's foolishness. It's a chasing after the wind. He says we need to be real careful because in our life we can get really busy majoring in the minors. We can fill our lives with so much stuff that's really not that important that generations from now, even years from now, we're not going to remember all the things that we worry about. They're going to be forgotten. We need a sense of perspective and see life the way that God does. So the question is, how do we do that? in the midst of all the details that we really do have to deal with. And the answer is, the Bible has helped us in that we have our answer in the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. The fourth commandment given to us is the law of Sabbath, helps us to find the right perspective. Remember the fourth commandment that we find in the book of Exodus? Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. You see, if we want to change our perspective, God says we need to learn how to honor 
the Sabbath. We need to set aside one day that is just different. And on that day, there are two things we're supposed to do. We're supposed to rest and we're supposed to remember. A day in which we call time out to all of our busyness, to all of our hurry, and just to take life at a different pace so that we can have a different perspective. Because when we'll take a time out, it's amazing how it will slow us down and see life in a different way. Love the story. There were some American explorers in Africa, and they went and they were going through the jungle and they hired some natives to guide them on their journey. And so the first day, they just rushed through the jungle, taking it all in. And on day two, they did the same thing. And then on day three, they were up at dawn, ready to go see all that they could see. And day four, day five, day six, same schedule. They rushed, rushed in a hurry through the jungle. And then it was day seven. And at daybreak, the Americans were up and they went to their guides, ready to go. And their guides were still asleep. They were still lying quietly on their mats. And the Americans were all anxious. And so they went to their guys and said, you need to get up. We need to go. We're in a hurry. We have much to do today. And the leader of the guide spoke to them in broken English and said, we know go today. Today is a day we let our souls catch up with our bodies. That's what Sabbath is. It's a day to be still to change the pace of life, to focus on God and let our souls catch up with our bodies. And when we will do that regularly, it's amazing how it'll help us find a different pace in the other six days of the week. So rest is, is critical to Sabbath, but there's a second thing and it's remembrance because we just not only rest and take a day off, it's also a day we worship that's why worship is critically important in a life of faith. We worship God so that we remember what God has been doing in history and what God is doing now. We worship to remember what God's up to and what our, our part of his purposes are. We worship because we want to remember what we just read about in verse 5, that the sun rises and the sun goes down. We remember that the wind blows to the south and goes round to the north. We remember that all streams run to the sea. We remember that the God who created is still creating, and we are a part of the story of creation, and we get that perspective when we, when we rest and when we remember and call a time out from the normal routines and schedules of life. See, if we want to deal with hurry, we've got to get God's perspective. Then the second piece of advice, we have to use the interruptions of life well. We need to know we may have plans and ideas. Our schedules are going to mess up. Things are going to change what we have got going. We're going to have to learn to adjust. And when interruptions come and our plans fall apart, do we just try to go back to the original plan and hurry, 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 try to make it happen? Or can we take a deep breath and learn the lessons of life and adjust the plan and recalibrate the journey? We need to learn to use our interruptions and our change of plans well. 
Got a great picture of that. We were on our youth mission trip a few weeks ago in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it was the last day and we were really busy. We wanted to make sure we hit all the sites so that our students could get a snow cone. And so we had it all mapped out where we were going and we were gonna have lunch. And then we needed to get on the road because we had to get home and Todd and I had a sermon to write and lots of activities going on. So it was a busy day. We went to our first site, things were great. We were following Floyd and Michelle in the car and we heard that one sound that guarantees a panic attack, the sound of a flat tire. And you know what I'm talking about, the most awful sound in the world. So Todd was driving my car and we heard that horrible sound and Todd just drove masterfully and we figured out what in the world has happened. Have we had a flat? And so we pulled off at a filling station that was just right down the road and called Floyd and Michelle and said, we have a flat. And they circled back to help us. And when they got there, Floyd and Todd got out and started looking for the spare. We thought, we'll put the spare on and try to, to fix that because this is what we discovered in my tire. You may not be able to see it, but it's this thing. I brought it from Arkansas. This thing we had obviously run over. Now, I'm not much of a mechanic, but I thought if we drive on this thing, we are going to shred this tire so it's not good. So Todd and Floyd were hunting for the spare. We couldn't find it. So I did the only positive thing that I could contribute to this circumstance, and I'm going to show you the picture. I got on the phone, and I called my administrative assistant, Linda, and said, Linda, help. We can't find the spare. Can you call the dealership? And she called the dealership and said, you don't have a spare. And she discovered that it would be safe for us to drive it on it very slowly and that there was a tire place about a mile from there. And so we thought we could do that. So we formed a parade. Uh, Floyd and Michelle in the front, us driving with this thing in the tire in the middle, a snow cone truck behind us, all with our lights flashing, and we drove a mile around the corner to this business. Squeaky brakes. And we pulled up, and Linda had called them. They came out. They were so friendly, so nice. They assured us they could find a tire. They would drive and get it and fix the tire, and it would be ready in an hour. And it was. And we made it to all the sites and we got on the road. We were a little bit late, but I look back on what, what did I learn that day? Well, yeah, we, you know, we made every site. We got everything done. We were a little late, but the sermon got written. All of the things we had to deal with got done. What I learned was even in that interruption, God was there. God was taking care of things. God was going to work out a new plan. What I learned is what we wear on our risk that God is big enough. Interruptions are gonna happen. Our plans are gonna fall apart. And when they do, take a deep breath and ask the question, what is God gonna teach me here? And how do I come up with a new plan? That's the second lesson we learned. Here's the third. It's what I call low and slow. And I learned this from my father. My father was a coach and a principal but he also could barbecue just out of this world. He was a master griller. And when I was a teenager, I didn't understand because my dad would grill so slow. And the lesson about barbecuing for my dad was low and slow, low heat over a long period of time. And I did not understand, but that's the key to being a good cook. A good chef will tell you that it's low and slow, makes it delicious. It unlocks the magic. And it's true not only of cooking, it's true of life. We need some moments in the midst of our busy routines that we go low and slow.
and savor, savor the beauty of life around us, to learn the lessons of the ancient masters that there is nothing new under the sun. We get that when we go low and slow. I love what one psychologist wrote about this, and I kind of I got a copy of her article. She said, despite all of our planning and scheduling and multitasking, so many of us seem to never have enough time. Planning a daily agenda during our morning commute to work, paying online bills while walking the dog, checking news and responding to emails during the kids' soccer practice. That's the new normal in our society. We run nonstop around the clock. Dividing our attention among millions of things, constantly checking our watches, scrambling for more time, every day feels like one long rush hour. Oftentimes we feel rushed because we take on more than we can realistically manage. Even our minds get cluttered from trying to think of and plan multiple projects at the same time. Learn where our limits lie and don't try to bite off more than we can chew. Put aside multitasking for a while and stop. Then try to just work on finishing whatever is in front of you one thing at a time. Or low and slow. If just for a few times a week, low and slow. We need to find something in our lives that we can do that with. Maybe it's cooking or, or, or grilling. Maybe it's gardening. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's a hobby. It could be a thousand things for us, but something that we do low and slow to help us just have a time out from our normal routines and savor the little moments of life. I saw that at the beginning of this year. One of my favorite Christmas presents every year. My son Jay gives me a presidential biography, and the more obscured the president, the more excited I get. So if you want to know a lot about President Franklin Pierce, you just come see me, and we'll have the best time for an hour. Just an amazing story. But amongst my biographies this year, Jay got me one on George Washington. And we all know about President Washington, but I decided to do something different. Because honestly, when I get a biography, I get so excited that I just gobble it up. I, I read fast and retain that information. And when I read about presidents, my capacity to be focused is just really great. But I thought, I'm not going to gobble up this book. I'm going to take it low and slow. And it's amazing what happened. I just almost had soulful moments with George Washington. As I took it slow and slow, it was almost like I was living his life with him. I was traveling with him. We became friends. I was talking to George Washington. Ryan, do you think I've lost my mind? Uh, that doesn't sound very normal, but I savored it. It was a soul time because it was low and slow. Whatever it is, we need to find some time to carve out to do that. And let me say one other thing. The busier we are, the more important that it is. At least a couple of times a week, low and slow. And one of the most important is we need some meal time. And I'm going to say a word to our students. We need some meal time with our family and our friends, low and slow, where we sit together, no technology. We turn off it all, and we just share life together. We gotta have some low and slow, not every day, not every moment, but sometimes to help us put life in focus. Then the final thing is we always have a choice. We have a choice. Each one of us is gonna choose a philosophy of life for ourselves and for our family. We don't have to do what everybody else does. 
We don't have to buy into the culture of hurry. We could choose a different way. I was thinking back where I learned the lesson of Sabbath. And I wish I could tell you I learned it in a seminary lecture that was so riveting that my life changed or that I learned it from reading a magnificent book or from a sermon, but I didn't. I learned the lesson of Sabbath and how I wanted to apply it to my life by watching the old Andy Griffith shows. Now, you know how important that is to me. And it's amazing, almost every year, there would be a show about Sabbath that taught you. In season four, there's actually an episode called The Sermon for Today. And I wish I could show the whole thing for us, but we don't have time. Go back and watch it if you want to delight. But let me share with you what's happened. They've been to church. So you get this long scene of church and the preacher is preaching and Barney and, and, and Gomer are falling asleep in the sermon. It's hilarious. Then they go home and they have a wonderful meal and you see then what they do after the Sunday lunch. Let's, let's watch. Good to eat though. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, we really packed our way. Yeah, boy. Fortunately, none of mine goes to fat. All goes to muscle. <laughs> That's a mark of us five. See, everything we eat goes to muscle. <laughs> see there? I see. My mother was the same way. Mm -hmm. She could just eat and eat and eat and eat. Never went to fat, huh? Know where it went? Muscle. Yeah. <laughs> it was a mark of us five. Good. You know what I believe I'll do? Run down to the drugstore and get some ice cream for later. You want me to go? I'll go. No, I'll go. I don't mind going. I don't either. I'll go. You're probably tired once you let me go. <laughs> no, I'm not tired. I'll go. I sure don't mind going. You sure? Mm-hmm. Why don't we both just go? Okay. You ready? Mm-hmm. Well, let's go. Where are we going? Down to the drugstore to get some ice cream for later. Okay. Come on. Andy? Where are you boys going? We thought we'd run down to the drugstore and get some ice cream for later. Well, why do you have to run down to the drugstore as if it couldn't wait? Well? Well, that's just what the preacher was talking about this morning. It seems nothing can wait. Everything is rush, rush, rush. So if you want to know what it's like at my house on Sunday afternoon, look at Barney and you get a clue. But I watched that and watched the episode and I realized all of us need a little more Mayberry in our lives. And it's a choice. We can choose to honor the Sabbath. We can choose to let worship be the foundation of our lives that is just what guides everything else that we're about. We can choose to, to share a meal low and slow with those we love. We can choose to spend time with our friends and go deep and, and not be rushed in those relationships. We can choose to not buy into the culture of hurry that's all around us. And we need to know that is Jesus' great desire for each one of us. Remember what he said in Matthew 11? I love the, the message translation. These are his 
words for us. This is what Jesus said. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're honest. We live in a culture of hurry. And we get so many things on our minds, so many things we're trying to do that we can't keep up. And the faster we go, the, the more that we miss. And you come and you teach us in your ancient word that sometimes all of these details are just vanity. They're folly. They take us away from that which is most important. So, Lord, teach us the law of Sabbath that we need a time to, to rest and, and remember, that we need to learn when those interruptions of life come as they will, to not hurry faster, but to learn the lessons that you may be teaching us a new thing, traveling us down a new road. Teach us, Lord, to have some moments of low and slow. And Lord, remind us that always we have a choice. We know what it's like to be tired and busy, worn out, trying to keep it all going. Help us lean on you and learn from you your unforced rhythms of grace. So come to us, Lord, and live in us. Help us live your way. And we can find the peace and the hope and the presence that you wish for every one of your children. Come to us, Lord, and lead us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us. Please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss new releases. We'll have new podcasts coming out all the time. Be sure to check us out online at whiteschapelumc.com. Please download the WC Life app and follow us on social media to stay up to date with all things WC.